Welcome to another episode of Why Not Meditate podcast. I'm your host, Masako Kozawa, a teacher and a student of mindfulness meditation. I am so happy that you're here. Well, happy July 1st. July is my favorite month of the year because living in the Northern Hemisphere, it is the summertime and days are bright and long, plants are thriving. There's a sense of freedom in the air, and my birthday is coming up. So it's a very special month for me in so many ways. And I hope you are having a great start of the month wherever you are located. And today's guest, Heidi Horn, lives in the Southern Hemisphere, so she and I might not share the same sentiment toward the month of July. However, what we share. Is our belief in mindfulness practice and our mission to encourage and inspire people to live a happier life. Heidi is a mindset specialist, author, and a speaker. She has been teaching yoga and mindfulness for nearly 30 years. After teaching yoga and mindfulness in a corporate setting for many of those years and being a supermom at the same time, she found herself stretched out too thin. And then a pandemic, or shall I say, plandemic, started, which gave her an opportunity to step away from the busyness of life and reevaluate her work life balance. She realized that what she was teaching CEOs and employees should be also taught to moms like herself and their kids. You know, as a parent, We sometimes feel helpless when our kids are having a rough time. We may not know what we can do to properly help them because we can only teach what we know. Heidi is passionate about helping both kids and parents build their emotional toolboxes so that they can thrive not just as an individual but together as a family. I love the work she's doing, and I am so happy that I can share this conversation with you. So, without further ado, please welcome Heidi Horn. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you? Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here with you. So, I want to hear your story. You are located in Australia, and you have a background in yoga and meditation, and you mainly currently work with kids and parents. But I believe there is a story before everything happened, your life's origin story, how you came into meditation, and how that journey in meditation itself has evolved along the way. So, if you could share your story, that would be great. Thank you. I would love to. So, I have been practicing yoga and meditation for Nearly 30 years,、um, around 27 years. In my early 20s, I was a tour guide for around six years. So I used to travel around Australia and then later on I would travel around Europe. And life was busy, but I started to practice meditation and yoga in hotel rooms and in times when I had some time by myself because I was always around large groups. I you know, used to take 50, 51 people around at any one time. So I felt like I was always surrounded by people, surrounded by noise, surrounded by busyness, and 
also being the group, the person that led the group, I felt like I always had to be switched on as well. So when I went back into my hotel room, if I only had, you know, half an hour, or I had a short time, it was just nice to just stop and switch off. And so I pretty much wasn't taught meditation or anything like that. It was that I read books and mm-hmm. I had books on yoga and I just found these amazing moments that I could just switch off and just get clear and calm. And then I travelled for about another 10 years um, when I came back to Australia and settled down and met my husband and started working in the spare time I had, I not just studied um, massage and alternative therapies, I also studied yoga and to be mm-hmm. a yoga teacher. And so I went obviously deeper into meditation there. And then after that, I started to become a yoga teacher. So spreading my love of what yoga and meditation is about. However, I found before the pandemic, I was very focused on building my business. My husband was often traveling with his work up to six or seven months a year. Um, So, (laughs) And you uh, have kids, right? You have two kids? I have kids. So my kids were in primary school then. Um, My daughter was starting high school. And I am a little bit of a yes person. And I like to volunteer for, you know, the sports teams and the school And I was teaching up to 15 classes a week of yoga in corporate offices, at schools, in various places. Mm -hmm. And I was very stretched out and inadvertently I was becoming stressed and didn't really know that I was stressed and trying to balance too many things. Mm -hmm. So when the pandemic came, I went from total busyness to to nothing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my husband's work was very unstable. We didn't know if he was going to lose his job. I had nothing happening. And I did feel quite depressed at that point and quite low and as like many people did around the world. And it allowed me just to evaluate what my life was like and how busy I was Mm -hmm. and I was trying to do everything and be everything to everybody. So not only did I change how I structured my business and I changed my messaging and who I wanted to serve um, Mm -hmm. when we eventually came out of the pandemic, but it also allowed me to have a look at my life and go back to what I needed as well. So in that busyness, even though I was giving the message and teaching others meditation, I didn't actually have that much time to do that myself and that is ironic <laughs> isn't it, <laughs> it is, I mean it you are there trying to spread the word of meditation and yoga and trying to help people to feel better but mm. you yourself was not at peace because I you know. were just stretched too thin and yeah I mean yeah. I'm so glad it, that you realized that <laughs> right <laughs> oh I know and I I mean I did but I it really gave me the time to be able to do meditation for a lot longer than mm. I was able to do. And I did a lot of sort of self-discovery and read a lot of books. I love having a stack of, you know, different development books by my bed. And I reread a, a lot of the books that I read in my early 20s. Um, mm. So I went back to the ones that influenced me and changed my life. And can you share some of the titles? I love um, Alchemist. Um, mm, by, yeah, Paulo um, Coelho. Yeah, any of his books I love, and I've got a stack of them in the library and in my, my library, my bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Um, and also uh, the Power of Now, 
Um, and yeah, just going back to some deep picture books as well, like the spiritual laws of success. Mm-hmm. So just the ones that I read 10, 20, 30 years ago, I started rereading and also buying new books as well. And also develop my own practice every morning. You know, I, I would devote the first hour to myself. I would get up before everybody else in the house and I would have that time because you couldn't leave the house. <laughs> so, right. you know, like you couldn't get away from everyone. So even though I could sleep in because it was locked down, I chose to get up and have that nice hour to myself. So I mm. would start writing my intentions down of what I wanted to do, what I, what message I wanted to spread. And it took, you know, a while to get really clear on that. But also I allowed myself to meditate without having to look at a watch and rush mm. out the door, you know. Yeah. So it was able to do a lot more meditation, try different breathwork practices that I really re- uh, resonated with and also set up an evening routine as well. So mm. even though I was doing this, I was trying to fit it at the end of the day after driving maybe my daughter to hockey and my son to scouts and, oh, I've got 10 minutes, I'll meditate. Mm. Here I had the time to do it, so there was no excuse. You know, I started doing this and, and now I continue to do this, which has been great. Though we have had another puppy since then, so I usually have to feed him <laughs> before mm. I can sit down. <laughs> um, yeah, so then I started to realise that this is something that really, how you set up your first sort of 10, 15 minutes, I mean, for me, I love to do an hour, but even that sort of first five, 10 minutes of the day completely mm-hmm. changes somebody's life, completely changes somebody's day. Yeah. So You know, um, like... It's interesting that you speak about you were doing meditation when your schedule was packed. And I believe you were still getting benefits, but it was more like a part of your schedule, right? One of the things on your to-do list. Correct. But then it changed into something you can just do. You don't have to just climb it into the tiny space of your everyday life, but it can become more of an like an adventure if you want it to mm. be. Mm. You can explore more because there's no time limit. Did your meditation change in quality, not just in quantity? I suppose in lockdown, there was the busyness stopped. So I was able to go deeper, yeah. you know, because there wasn't, no one was rushing to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, outside was quiet, you know, we live in a, in a nice yeah. suburb. But it was still quieter outside. There weren't cars going around and there wasn't the noise. I, you could feel the energy shift, I believe, you know, in, you know, even if you sat outside, the energy was different. People weren't frantic anymore. So um, I felt, you know, if I sat outside and did a meditation, there was that calmness immediately and there was that. I just explored ways to, to be able to go deeper quicker mm-hmm. and be able to switch off and and then yeah this is what I now really would love to share with people and I'm a big believer that yes if you only have five or ten minutes mm-hmm. you can still meditate yes. um, but obviously if you have longer you can as well so what I teach people is you know things that you can do in under five minutes that mm-hmm. can make a, a big impact because even if you've only got that five minutes you can still switch the way that you're thinking or calm yourself down or have those moments of clarity and Mm. let go of the fear. If you have longer, 
that's great, but yes. we are not all in lockdown anymore. So, but where you can, if you can have those days on the weekend, we can switch off from devices and you can create that little sanctuary for yourself. Mm. Even if it's only once a month, you know, it can make a big difference. Yeah, definitely. So when you first got into meditation, when you're working as a tour guide, how mm. did you get to know about it? Did it come to you through somebody else or did you learn it somewhere? Were you feeling the need to calm down? I think I was reading so many yoga books in those days and a lot of the yoga books talked about meditation. So, so you I just were tried them. interested in yoga to begin with? Yoga and meditation are completely hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. So, yeah, I just started reading about it. This is showing my age, but there was no YouTube channels and there was mm-hmm. no, you couldn't just Google something on how to do it. So it was old school, was reading books. And, mm-hmm. and then I started just doing it like that way. But I think innately, we all know how to meditate from really young age, uh, mm. but we lose it. I remember when I was a teenager, I often would just go down to the creek, the, mm-hmm. like a little river near our house, and I would just sit there and mm-hmm. just zone out and just be my, myself. And teenagers those days didn't have phones, so I right. had nothing else to do. So I I loved being in nature. I love being around people, but I also need those times to be alone and just sit and, and be. And so without probably realizing it, I was meditating in my own way, or I was doing a walking meditation, or I was sitting there looking at the beauty and feeling that gratitude. So mm. I remember also when I was like 14 or 15 is um, talking to my friends and I didn't realize in those days I was already talking about manifesting and, and mindset and growth mindset. And wow. my, yeah, my, I didn't realize I can look back on it and I'm like, oh, that's, I was actually doing what I'm doing now. All the How way did when I was that like, come to you? Doing? Was it like one of your family members or? No, no, totally not. <laughs> I don't believe so. But I remember sitting around, you know, the quadrangle, this, you know, the grass area at school and. Mm. Friends of mine were like so worried about their, I don't know, maths test or their science test. And they're going, I'm going to fail. And I said, well, you're not going to, fa- you're going to fail because you're telling yourself you're going to fail. And then I would t- make them repeat after me. I say, I can do this. I've got this. I know enough. And they would repeat it. And I said, do you believe it? And they're going, no. And I said, you need to tell me again until you believe it. So <laughs> I was doing that, you know. You were coaching young your ad. friends <laughs> on the schoolyard. <laughs> now have that memory and I'm like oh wow that's amazing like um, that's what I'm doing now and maybe that's what I was always meant to do and you know I had all these other journeys and did all these other jobs along the way but been drawn back to what I was doing Mm. from a young age so that's beautiful Hmm. and And I remember also I'm sorry oh go ahead no I was just saying I remember reading about the band do you know the band in excess it's very well mm-hmm. band they're a big a very big Australian band back in the I suppose 80s and 90s okay and they actually grew up in around this area in Sydney but I remember reading that they wrote one of the members wrote down on a piece of paper that they were going to be one of the biggest bands in the world and he put that on his wall and he mm. looked at it every day mm. and they did become to be one of the biggest bands in the world and I'm like so you can write something down, say it, believe it, and it will happen. 
And it's like, ask, believe, receive. And it's like, and once again, as a teenager, I didn't know anything about law of attraction. I didn't know anything about manifesting. I didn't know anything about visualizations. But I suppose, you know, what you read and what you your role models are when you're young can influence your whole life. And that's why now that's what I want to give to kids and teens is those things that I learned probably, I don't know even how, do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I think we all have that in us. We all have that ability as young children to be able to meditate and to be able to manifest and to be able to have a really positive mindset. And sometimes along the way, we lose it and we get busy. And I think sometimes we uh, have to be guided back to it. If you look at a little kid, they'll be sitting playing with a leaf, you know, for hours or Mm -hmm. they'll be, they do the belly breathing without being told how to do it. And then life becomes busy and we teach our children to do all this, become busy, be successful. Yeah. We lose those abilities just to stop and enjoy. and We forget how to do it. I can totally mm. relate to it. When I was a little girl, I loved drawing. Drawing mm. was the thing I could just spend hours on and get lost in the complete flow state. You know, that's yes, meditative, yes. right? Yes, correct. And I had no doubt that was going to be my career at mm. age like 10. That was my you know, my goal, my dream. And then I grew up in Japan and I'm Japanese. My uh, parents being a good Japanese parents, they encouraged me to pursue more realistic career than art. (laughs) Academic. (laughs) Yes. You know, focus on academic achievement so that you can go out and then get a stable job. Maybe Mm. work for the government or something. Mm. Mm. You know, they were not really. I've I've spent a lot of time in Japan. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, the culture, you know, like there's a strong focus on achievement and being successful. So, that was the case for my childhood. And I kind of lost the touch with the art because I got busy Mm. doing the schoolwork. But That desire never went away, but I did not really pay attention to it for many years of my life. You know, I went through Mm -hmm. all the schoolings, the high school, college, graduate school, and then got a job and life just became busy, like you said. And Mm. I became like a robot who just was checking off of those boxes. The boxes, yes. Right? And getting things done, being productive, because that's what I was taught by the society, by the education. But that gave me a lack of sense of peace at the Mm. end. I Mm. felt disconnected. I felt not content. Mm. And along the way, I had to really come back to myself, come back to what gave me joy when I was a child. Mm. And that desire was still there. It never left It was just a matter of me coming home to myself. And Mm -hmm. meditation definitely gave me the entryway back to that desire and a dream that I had. And I'm so glad that you're working with kids. Mm. Because if I had known this when I was that little girl, Mm. I could have skipped a lot of the the struggles in life. I mean, the struggles, I could see them as blessings, but... If I could have skipped them, I might have skipped them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Are you still drawing now? Um, my artistic expression kind of developed from 
drawing to photography. Ah, so lovely. About 10 years ago, I went through a divorce. And that、yes. was when I asked myself, because I kind of lost who I was along the way.、Mm-hmm. And、mm-hmm. I didn't know what I like to do anymore. I have、mm-hmm. forgotten because I didn't do it for so many years.、Mm-hmm. So I asked myself, Like, what did I used to do for fun? And I remembered I used to love drawing. And then I got back to drawing a little bit and I started taking classes, like sketching classes.、Mm. And from there, I got into photography. It's like an extension or application of the drawing that I was doing、yes. because photography、ah. is also you're creating an image, you are taking、mm. a picture. But you are creating a brand new image. Yes. So I am doing a lot of photography. Oh,、nowadays. great. Yeah. Oh, great. My daughter is very artistic. So、mm-hmm. I found she's nearly about to turn 16. So I found when she was an early teenager and she only got a phone when she went to high school. But I found obviously, you know, early teenagers, they're on their, they start to sit on their phones and、mm-hmm. she lost, she's, Not lost her drawing, but she did stop doing it as much. And she was、yeah. always very artistic from a really young child. You know, when she went to preschool, she'd come home with all these things she made. And our downstairs bathroom actually was like a little bit like an art gallery. She'd put all her things around <laughs> there. And then I found, you know, during the, the first lockdown that we, we had three in here in Sydney, the first lockdown, all the students were learning online.、Mm-hmm. They were spending so much time online.、Mm-hmm. Because she was at her desk, I'd often see her just sitting drawing again. And、mm. she, that's her flow. That's her flow state. Yeah, her flow yeah. is that. She loves hockey and also、um, hugging the dogs. She spent、Aww. a lot of time just, just sitting and hugging the dogs. At that time, we only had one. Now we've got two. Now she's really, I suppose, she's had her own little aha moment realizing that's her form of meditation and that's her form、mm. of. Flow. And then about a year ago, or maybe two years ago, they had to decide their electives. So they have their core subjects. And then for the two, two years, they get to have subjects that they get to choose. So、uh, these are sort of, I suppose, defining maybe what they're going to do in those last few years of high school. And, and she came up and I said, This is the time that you get to have fun. This is the、yeah. time that you get to choose all the cool stuff, you know, like. Um, design and technology, and you get to choose art. And some people were doing photography, some were doing cooking and things like that. But one of them was like commerce, and a lot of her friends were doing commerce.、They're, they were quite academic. And she was like, maybe I shouldn't be doing art. Maybe I should be in commerce because commerce, you know, I'm going to get a career and that's going to make me more money. And I said, it doesn't matter. Do what makes you happy. Don't、yeah. worry about doing that because you think you should do it.、Yeah. Do The ones that make you feel good and you are good at art and it makes you feel good. And now, going into her last two years of high school, two major subjects are art and design and technology. So、mm. she's really embraced it now. And I love it that she was able to take that choice. Do you know what I mean? I think now she realizes that she can actually make a career out of this in some way. And what a I, I blessing I- that she has a mom like you who would encourage her. You know,、yes. and teach her choose the things not based on what you think you should do,、mm. but based on what your heart desires, what makes、yes. you happy. Yes. Because, I mean, 
that's the secret of happy life, isn't it? Yes, I am focusing on the children at the moment, but I have done quite a lot of purpose coaching for women because so many people, you know, they might have gone through a divorce or they might have had that time in their life where they're going, oh, all I am doing is ticking the boxes. All I am, my life feels like Groundhog Day, just repeat, repeat, repeat. And, you know, maybe their children have grown up or maybe something else or they've had a cancer scare or something's happened and they're like Mm -hmm. going, oh, I don't know if I'm actually happy. And Mm -hmm. everyone talks about how to be happy. Being happy is doing your purpose. If you are living your purpose, if you're in that flow state, Mm -hmm. that is your way to be happy. And a lot of the time it's doing something that's going to make others happy. It's serving others. But it's also where you're able to get lost in the moment. I think that's why I love teaching yoga and meditation because I do get lost. I could do it for every day, all day without looking at the time. And when you're in that flow state, you're not thinking about what's next and you're not thinking about what was in the past. You're in the moment. And as the past, yeah, in the power of now. Yes, the yeah. present moment is infinite, right? Yes. That is and really that's the only the place only that you can be happy because the past, it's gone. The future, mm-hmm. not here. I mean, there's yeah. always only the present moment. Yes. I was coaching someone actually just this week and she was going, but how do I be happy again? And I'm teaching her ways to, you know, check in with her mindset and add little things throughout the day. And she goes, but it's not working. It's And I said, it is. It's just lots of little steps. It's lots of little things. And one day you'll go, they'll all join together. And it will be like, ah, I get it. And we're not delving into her purpose until she finds peace within herself. And when she Mm. finds peace within herself, the purpose will come. And that's when that happiness will come as well. So She probably cannot see the progress by herself because she's there in the middle of that journey. But from a third person's perspective, you can see her progress and you can kind of see the trajectory of her journey everyone's always evolving I feel myself I'm always evolving I think every day is a good day if I've learned or I've sort of had my own aha moments and I have mm. them and if it's not an aha moment it's like I've had a moment of awe or I've like gone oh my god how amazing are those clouds today do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even I feel like I'm always learning something new, you know, I mean, just putting different layers on and just becoming better at life, I suppose, you know. just That's what we're doing, right? Yeah. (laughs) The life is a classroom, right? Yeah. So you never stop learning. And, yeah, sometimes you have to learn a lot to get back to how you were as a kid, you know. So you've got to go that whole way back. And when I talk about purpose coaching to adults, Mm-hmm. Um, which is really what we're talking to kids about is you find something that you love, find something that you're good at, often they're together. Then you think about how can it help others? Then you think about how can I make money out of it? What you love, what you're good at, how it can help others. Then you think about the money. A lot of people start with how can this make me money? That's exactly uh, how I was raised, mm. you know? Oh, many people yeah, prioritizing how to make a decent living, how to mm. get a stable job and forget about what you like to do or what you are. Well, I guess what you're good at was kind of tied into the making a good living. But what I was good at was not always what I enjoyed. You know? Yes. 
it's got to be what you're good at, but also what you love. <laughs> they have to be both there. Yeah. And then now so. you're teaching basically the same principles, but to kids. Correct. How exciting is that? Yes. I've always taught kids yoga. Um, so kids yoga can encompass anywhere from preschoolers, three-year-olds, up to teenagers. So mm-hmm. I encompass that as kids yoga. But now I really want to not just tell them about yoga. I want to talk to them more about how breathing can really help you going into a mass test or how breathing can really help mm. you when you're having trouble falling asleep or how breathing can help you when you're scared about something. And also little meditations because I want to get them to learn how to meditate without always having to do a guided meditation because mm-hmm. every, there's amazing guided meditations out there. You know, there's great apps there and that's great, mm-hmm. but people can meditate by themselves, you know, yeah. so, and it doesn't have to be very long. So teaching them how to meditate by themselves and mm-hmm. in turn, how that helps their mindset and what is mindset and what is positive mindset what's negative mindset what's an affirmation so teaching them these things that can really change their life and really allow them to follow their dreams it's not just about following your dreams but believing that they can achieve those dreams as well and then Um, having a happy life along the way not just getting to that destination but enjoying the here and now moments of their life Correct. So my group that I have on Facebook is called Calm Confident Kids and it's all about them being unstoppable. Do you know what I mean? So if they're calm, they're confident, they'll follow their purpose from a young age as well. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time we are, you know, in terms of mental health, we are focused when people are at that extreme end when they are diagnosed with anxiety, they're diagnosed with depression. Mm-hmm. But what I want my message to get out is that everybody at some stage feels anxious everybody has those moments where they feel sad or fearful or worried or angry you know and it's okay it's okay Mm -hmm. to have these moments and it's okay to have those thoughts of like I can't do it but how can we change it into a I can do it and Mm -hmm. how can we change it into I can't do it yet my daughter recently had a whole week of exams for school and the mass exam she had last year, the, the most recent one, she didn't do great. <laughs> it was not a great mark. Okay. And I said, look, it's okay. It's all a learning curve. You know, it's not defining who you are. Mm-hmm. So she was worried going to the next one. So I taught her box breathing, you know, mm-hmm. box breathing in for four, out for four, hold for four. So we were doing that and I said, just tell yourself some affirmations. So she, we did some affirmations. She did a little visualisation mm-hmm. going into the test, sitting down, feeling confident. So she practised that the night before and I said, do that just before you do the maths test. Mm-hmm. And that day she came home smiling and happy and said, I felt really calm and I feel like I really did well. So that's those moments. That's what my book and my course and everything is all about, mind flip. It's flipping it from feeling in that negative state to more of a positive state, you know. Mm -hmm. So for kids, it's like they've got a bucket and they're filling up all these different things that they've been taught along the way. Mm-hmm. And we want to have a positive bucket of things that they can pull out from. Yes, they've got their bucket with all the things that they're learning from school and they're learning from social media and their peers. But here's the positive bucket. Here's things that they, get, they can do when they are feeling 
negative self-talk or they're feeling worried a lot of the time it's all focused on these other buckets that they pull out from but they haven't got this bucket of like an emotional toolbox and Mm -hmm. you know that they can pluck out of so all the little things that I teach corporates and I teach mums and I teach adults let's teach this to the kids and and they're gonna be eventually adults and moms and parents yeah yeah and Imagine if all the kids knew all of this and even if they practiced, even if they just had a couple go-to breathing exercises or a couple go-to mind techniques or they realised that going out into nature is a part of doing meditation and trying to find their little times when they can go into the flow or into the now. Mm -hmm. If they realise that, then that can help with their stress and it can help with their going into high school and uni and everything else along the way. So yeah, that's what I'm passionate about. (laughs) I can see why, because that's so impactful, you know, Mm. just having that awareness that they have the power to regulate themselves. They can regulate their nervous system by Mm -hmm. being aware of their breath. I mean, Mm. that's huge. They don't have to feel so helpless when they feel anxious or nervous. Yes. And And they don't teach this in schools. (laughs) They definitely should. That would benefit everybody, not just the kids, but the teachers, Mm. the parents. Yes. Everybody will benefit for sure. Do you feel by teaching adults and also teaching kids, do you feel that it's easier to teach kids to learn those skills? than the adults because in my mind kids have less garbage in their mind than we do we went through all the conditioning right Mm. and it takes some time to peel off all of the teachings that are not really serving us I think kids are as I said like especially when they're really little before they go to school they're already mindful even just teaching yoga I see the difference from children that have just started school to children that are at the end of primary school or high school. You know, we've taken them from sitting on the floor and hanging out and being out to, you know, move to sitting in a chair for long periods of time. So yeah. I really notice just in terms of even being able to touch their toes and things like that as well, that they are losing that. So, and their focus They've taught to focus on work, but mm-hmm. they've lost the ability to, to be able to switch off without a phone or without mm-hmm. a YouTube or without being entertained. And that's going into adulthood as well. So their way of, I suppose, going into the flow is looking at a device. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's putting them away and what made them happy when they were little. It might have been drawing or it might have been creating something with Legos if we can keep encouraging that, I mean, divide, there's a whole nother podcast all about devices mm-hmm. and, yeah. and everything like that. So kids are natural meditators and they are doing it. They're already breathing deep. You know, when I explain how what um, belly breathing is to adults, mm-hmm. I always bring an example of watch your baby sleeping, mm-hmm. you know, because they're, or watch your dog sleeping, their belly is going up and you know, really big. Yeah we sit in chairs and we start getting busier as kids and adults and most of the the world is probably only breathing into the top part of their lungs you know the top part of their chest if you're breathing deep it is a form of meditation you know because you Mm. are being in the moment so yeah to answer your question sorry (laughs) that's beautiful so you have a book and a podcast for kids 
And then yes. I believe they're both called Mind Flip. Yes. During our second year of the pandemic, I wrote the book, Mind Flip. Um, mm-hmm. First year of the pandemic in the first lockdown, I did some extra study as well. So I, on top of my yoga teacher training um, and I'd already done wellness coaching, I did life coaching. And then I also studied through one of the universities online, counselling and mental health. And mm. so what I wanted to do is gather all of that information from practising yoga for such a long time and teaching for such a long time, gather it all together and put it in a book for kids and teens. So the target audience is like 8 to 16, but really this book is for everybody. Adult can pick it up and hopefully learn something. So it's really easy, actionable, things that they can do every day. Mm-hmm. And it's designed in a way that you, at the beginning it will say, have you had a fight with your best friend? Flip to this page. So it's about flipping to that page as well. Or have trouble falling asleep at night? Flip to this page. Or mm-hmm. anxious about school? What's happening in school? Let's flip to this page. So it's all things that they can do that happen to kids every single day. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. not just for a certain demographic, it's for every single person. And with my podcast, I have tried to do it a little bit differently in that made it they're really short, like 10 to 15 minutes, but I interview kids. So I talk to them. (laughs) So I talk to them about to (laughs) listen to a couple of episodes and I was so impressed how well informed those kids were about mindfulness. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Some of them might have been my students, but, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I, I just sort of want them to think about, you know, what's happening in their world and what's happening in their day and what things they worry about or mm. and how they can simple things that they can do to help in those in those situations. So so mind flip is what I, I'm very passionate about teaching now. Um, and then I'm also making that into an online course. So it's pretty much going to bring the book to life with, you know, animation videos. So it's really appeals to the kids. But inadvertently, the parents are going to learn as well. So And then they will benefit as well. Yeah, the whole family can do it. Yeah. And it's not just about parents going, oh, I need to fix my kids. I need something because my kids started having trouble with their friendship groups or feeling anxious. Sometimes it's the parent that needs, that's anxious. Sometimes it's the parent yeah. that needs, it's not about needing help, it's not needing techniques as well. So yeah. it's I about, totally yeah. agree. Sometimes it's the parent's projection of their own fear onto their kids. I've experienced yeah. that as being a mom. Like when my daughter, when she was maybe second grade, she got an A minus for the first time or something, you know, Mm. up until Mm. then she was getting all A's. And when I saw that A minus, I'm like, oh my goodness, is she going to be able to succeed in her future? I mean, I had a total meltdown, (laughs) kind of embarrassed about saying that, but that was my own fear that I had toward myself that probably came from my parents. Correct. And I was projecting that onto my own daughter. Yes. So then she will feel, oh, that's not good enough, you know. So, yeah. Monkey see, monkey do. So when I am teaching things online, I am often giving help to the parents because Mm -hmm. what the parents are able to put out there, the children are going to 
poppy because if the parents are calm in a situation, mm-hmm. the children will as well. So if their teenager is fighting with them or something like that or getting upset, you getting upset as well, yeah. it's just mirroring it back. So yeah. if you want them to be calm and not being like that, you showing how you want them to be is how to be. So it's exactly we all mirror each other. So yes. um, that's exciting that it's coming to a course. And locally here in Sydney, I do do some mums and daughters retreats as well, mini retreats. Mm, um, and that I'm sounds doing amazing. Some, they're super fun. I had one last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only like 20 people. So I that's why I'm really passionate about how can I share this message to not mm. just 20 people that come face to face, but to Australia and to the world. And it can be benefited by so many people. So yeah. Yeah. So what are the uh, simple steps that we can all take? Let's say in the morning, part of our morning routine. I believe what you're teaching to the kids can apply to you us as well so how can we start our day in a more of a meaningful and happier way I call it my MMM method so okay first thing in the morning and you can do this in five ten minutes if you've got it half an hour an hour great but mm-hmm. you know you can do it in a short time so one check on your mindset so if mindset. we wake up and you're going and you've already got that thought I'm so stressed oh mm-hmm. my god I've got it's raining outside again that's your mindset. Yeah. So check on your mindset and change it for the positive, you know. Oh, it's raining. Oh, I've got so much on. Today's going to be a good day. Mm. I'm going to have a great day. I feel good today. That's your mindset. You've already like, switched. Even before you get out of your bed. You can do this lying in bed. Yeah. I like to sit up. I've got to feed my puppy first because he, he <laughs> will just start barking. And then I do it. But, you know, do it before that you pick up that phone or You want to do it before you get distracted, I suppose. So mindset and then mindfulness. So we're going to add in some mindfulness. So even if it's just a minute of some deep breathing, Mm -hmm. mindfulness is your meditation. Mindfulness is breathing. Mindfulness is just being in the moment. So if you can, even just five or ten deep breaths, that's mindfulness. You know, it's bringing Mm -hmm. you into the moment. It's breathing in that. If you want to, you can do longer ones. You can do... A meditation or you can do you know more pranayama anything like that mm-hmm. and the last one is manifesting how do you want your day to be what mm-hmm. do you want your data to be how do you want to feel so you've set your mindset today's going to be a great day i am calm i'm happy you've done some breathing or you could do some yoga or you can do some meditation and then you're manifesting. So it's not manifesting a dream house. So it's not manifesting a million dollars. It's manifesting this moment, this day. You maybe think about what you've got on the day. So if you're doing it to a kid, maybe they've got a public speaking at English mm. test, or maybe they've got a run for cross country, or maybe they have to see their friend that they had a fight with yesterday. Visualizing, you get to have a practice run, visualizing how you want it to be. Mm. You get to do your own little movie and make it perfect. So visualising running that race, feeling strong and finishing it all the way to the end or visualising going up and sitting at your test mm-hmm. and doing that maths test and feeling calm and confident and, and knowing the answers. So having a little practice run mm-hmm. and then you can say your affirmations again of your mindset, you know, 
I am calm. I've got this. I can do this. Today's going to be a great day. I'm smart enough for my mass test. I'm strong and fit. I can do this race. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Parents, it be it might be that you've got a presentation at work. You just have that practice run. You can just visualize having a really awesome day with your kids, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I love that MMM <laughs> mindset, mindfulness and manifesting. And yeah. what we focus on is what we get, right? Correct. What we think we become. Yes, so. exactly. This yeah. is powerful. And it's simple, right? Yes. It could That's only what take it's all five about. minutes. Exactly. My next book is all about this. So. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, where uh, can people find you? I have a website, Heidi Horn. Mm-hmm. Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, Horn with an E, H-O-R-N-E. And I'm .com.au for those listening outside of Australia. Also, my Facebook page is MindFlip with Heidi Horn. um, And that's my Instagram as well. So on the website, you can have links to buying the book. It's available pretty much worldwide. So on like Amazon and other areas as well. And it's also an e-book. So you can grab that. and, And people can join the course from, you know, all around the world, it will be released in mid to end of July. So okay. if anyone's interested in that, you can put up for the wait list to be the first people through. So awesome. I'm looking forward to getting that out. And, yeah. and what a great time. It's the summer. Yes. The school is out. So yes. it's a great program for kids to get involved in. Yes. It will have videos, not just for the kids, but also for the parents as well. So mm-hmm. you can all learn together or apply it together. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing what you do. And thank you so much for spending some time with us today. It was lovely to meet you and to chat. It was awesome. Well, imagine all the kids knowing how to regulate their nervous system at a young age. The world would be a completely different place. Here are the takeaways. Number one, you might get so busy serving the people around you because you believe in your mission so much. And as a result, you might end up not taking care of your own well-being. If that's the case, come back to your self-care. Number two, when life gets disrupted by something external and outside of your control, it is a great opportunity for you to re-examine your life. Use it to your advantage. Number three, as young children, we were natural meditators and we were breathing correctly. But along the way, we became busy and lost touch with our natural state of being. Number four, being happy can be found in being in a flow state. While you spend time in a flow state, your purpose will come to you. Number five, life is a classroom. We continue to learn and evolve as long as we are alive. Number six, Find what you love and what you're good at. Those two are often connected. Then think about how you can help others with what you love and what you're good at. And then think about how you can monetize it. Number seven, when you wake up tomorrow morning, try the MMM method, mindset, mindfulness, and manifesting before you get distracted with something. Check your mindset and rewrite it 
if necessary. Then spend a few moments on breathing or yoga or meditation. Then mentally rehearse how you would like your day to unfold. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find more about Heidi and her offers at heidihorn.com.au. Her book, Mind Flip Emotional Toolbox and Positive Mindset for Kids Teens, is available on her website. She also has a Facebook group called Calm Confident Kids, where she shares helpful mindfulness tips for parents and teenagers. You can also contact her on Facebook and Instagram at Mindflip with Heidi Horn. I will leave all the links on the show notes. By the way, do you journal? Journaling is a practice where you can take a moment, connect with yourself, and write down what's in your mind onto a piece of paper. I know it sounds so simple, but it has so many amazing benefits, such as reducing stress and anxiety, helping you with problem solving, improving your mood, and enhancing your creativity. And after experiencing so many benefits of journaling myself, I recently decided to publish a journal with my photography and writing. If you already have gotten this journal, thank you so much. I hope you're enjoying it. And if you haven't, order yours today. You can go check out the Amazon link on the show notes and you can take a peek at the inside of the journal there. And as usual, if you have comments, questions, or requests for future episodes, please DM me on my Instagram at masakozawa underscore photography. You can also join my private Facebook group called Why Not Meditate? I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and leave a review. Also, share the episode with a friend who might benefit from meditation. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, why not meditate?